Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Sue Shade, CIO at University of Michigan Hospitals and Health Centers. In this segment, Shade talks about the key questions she asks when interviewing for a new position, the opportunity at Michigan she couldn't turn down, and how she dealt with the steep learning curve of being the new CIO. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Morning, Kate. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. I know we've I've wanted to catch up with you for a while, but it's been a busy year, so um, so thanks again. Um, I, I first wanted to uh, congratulate you. I know this this was going back a couple months, but uh, on being named uh, 2014 Chime Hymns uh, John Gall CIO of the Year, and uh, obviously a tremendous honor. So um, I wanted to first talk a little bit about what winning something like that has meant to you. Uh, sure. Thanks for the uh, congratulations. It's, it truly has been an honor. I've talked to um, a number of um, organizations and publications uh, since it was announced, um, and pretty much uh, my emphasis is that um, it is a recognition of not only what I've done within the organizations I've served here at University of Michigan, health system for the last two and a half years and uh, previously at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, part of Partners for almost 13 years as the CIO. In addition to the work I've done in those organizations, I think it's a recognition of the contributions that I have tried to make within the industry through my involvement in a number of organizations. So truly an honor, much appreciated, and uh, to the extent that uh, I can be any kind of a role model for others um, uh, who are coming behind uh, or who are in these situations now, in these opportunities, these positions now, I should say. Um, I am happy to do that and uh, really enjoy uh, trying to help others um, as they develop their work and their own leadership in their organizations. Yeah, and um, I liked that even when you had uh, you know, just a brief window at hymns to to uh, accept it that you you brought up the larger issue of advancing women in the field of IT and I think that it's so important and I think you know that that, that this can be you know something even bigger than just uh, an individual accomplishment even though it is a great individual accomplishment. Uh, yes, and I don't want to make too much of that, though. Um, it, it is striking that for, I think it's about 25 years that there has been a, a CIO of the Year um, awarded uh, by Hymns and Chime. I'm the fourth woman who has received that, so I would hope that those numbers um, and percentages of male and female can change in time. Uh, and yes, I have been talking more and writing more about the need to encourage women to go into technology fields as well as to um, help them develop uh, as they move up the, the ladder, so to speak. So happy to talk more about that. Right. Yeah, I definitely wanted to get into that. But uh, I did want to talk first about, about your career path. And now, uh, so you've been at, at Michigan for two and a half years, you said, and before that, um, for 13 years at Brigham and Women's, and um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about that road to becoming CIO. It's something that seems to be different for every person, but just kind of wanted to talk about, um, you know, what it took for you to get to that role, and, and was CIO something that you had in your mind for a while? That's a great question, and I have talked to people about that lately, too, because 
Uh, I remember way back in the day working with a um, peer manager when I was at a integrated health system in Chicago as a manager with NIT, and he very clearly had a goal of becoming CIO someday. Uh, he is not, um, and I did not have that same clear goal, and I am. So what I tell people is it is great to set those long-term goals, but you have to be open to the possibilities and the opportunities and recognize that your path can take different turns at different points in terms of where you go and where you end up. I think it's important that you love what you do and that you have a passion for what you do. When I left that um, system in Chicago after being there for 12 years, I was in a role that probably could be defined as a regional CIO, having responsibility for most of the IT activity at a couple of the sites within that organization. Um, I spent some time then working for a vendor and a consulting firm and then came back into the provider organization as, a, as the CIO at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Uh, great opportunity um, at the right time and really uh, able to be part of an excellent organization there, working for the partners uh, level CIO with responsibility for you know, all of the IT activity at a large academic uh, medical center. Brigham and Women's, as well as having responsibility for um, the community hospital, Faulkner Hospital, that was part of the Brigham family. And then in the end, also uh, having oversight responsibility for the IT work at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, which was part of a joint venture relationship. I left there to take the opportunity here in Michigan. A lot of similarities, some differences. So uh, we'll see where else you want to go with that. Does that help? Okay, yeah, definitely. I did want to talk about that decision. Um, you know, you were at Brigham and Women's for a long time, especially, mm -hmm. you know, today. That's definitely considered a long time, and, and that's a, a big move. And I wanted to get kind of your thoughts on, you know, what made you ultimately decide to do that and what were concerns you had about doing that? When I considered uh, opportunities, I was uh, interested in um, a top spot within partners being the CIO at a site, Brigham. I reported to the CIO at Partners. It was a big job in and of itself, but I wanted to have that uh, broader role and, and top spot, if you will. I also saw that um, with some of the changes in uh, increased integration and standards and commonness at Partners, which was absolutely the right thing, and I supported it, um, I sensed that there would be a diminished role for people who were in site CIO roles um, so I had to think, you know, about what was it that I wanted uh, next and for the long term. So um, University of Michigan presented an excellent opportunity as a leading teaching uh, academic organization, leading organization in research and, and clinical care um, opportunity to uh, be part of this organization. Midwest was a great location for me, and I decided to, to jump in and make that move. And uh, I guess that it was something that I'm sure had, had been, uh, you know, discussed that there was going to be, you know, a clinical transformation and something like that. So I, you had to have been uh, pretty geared up for that as well. Uh, yes, you mean here at Michigan in terms yeah. of our, our path? Yes, we were uh, at the point that I uh, started, we were in uh, the middle of our EHR journey with Epic. The ambulatory and revenue cycle had already been successfully implemented um, several months earlier and the 
planning, uh, active planning for the inpatient component was underway. So I was able to come into that somewhat midstream and make sure that we carried forward on that journey and had a very successful uh, inpatient implementation at all our hospitals last summer. Did you have hesitancies about that part as far as coming in midstream? Because I imagine that that comes with its, its challenges. No, um, I didn't have a hesitancy about that. Um, you know, when you are interviewing and, and talking to people about the opportunity, you, you know, you really want to understand how's it going so far, uh, what's next, how strong is the team. Um, but, but those are questions that you're going to ask in any situation when you're considering a new opportunity, whether it's host a major implementation in the middle of it or you're gearing up for it and going to the board for support and funding. So it, it's just really all part of the package, if you will, that you look at when you assess the organization, the people, where are they at, where are they going, where have they been, is this going to be a good fit? Am I going to be able to make the contributions needed and uh, be successful in it? Right. What about as far as, um, you know, stepping in as the new CIO? And how did you approach that just as far as, you know, um, maybe, maybe those first meetings or kind of like, you know, just, just how you uh, went into that? Well, it's really important when you come into a new organization at a senior leadership level that you – start building the relationships day one. And actually, you start building the relationships through the interview process uh, because you're getting to know the team, they're getting to know you um, and how you would work together. Uh, when you come into a new organization like this, you've got to have a very long list of people that you do what we'll call meet and greets, where you get to know them, they get to know you, you learn about their organization, how you're going to have to work together, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's really important. That's all the that's your peers, uh, that's your, your key customer leaders. Then there's assessing your own team and getting to know your senior leadership team within IT, um, who your strong players are, who your emerging leaders are, uh, where you might have some, some gaps that you need to address. And all that takes some time. You can't jump into an organization and think that you know it and you know what changes might be needed and you make them you know, in the first month or two. Um, so it's, it's really a drink from the fire hose, get up to speed about this organization, the issues, the people, build the relationships, make the assessments of your, of your team, uh, and also learn the market because <laughs> um, healthcare is complex, but the markets vary. Uh, is there a lot of you know, M&A activity going on? Is there, a lot, is there one big player that's growing and uh, doing a lot of acquisitions or affiliations? Uh, you know, where are you with accountable care organizations? Uh, what are the relationships within the region or the state? Um, so it's a challenge. It's fun. It's kind of exhilarating when you get into that new situation, and it's a, it's a steep learning curve. Sure. I can imagine. You're two and a half years in now, so does it, does it, feel, like, uh, does it feel like home? Does it feel like, you know, more comfortable? Um, certainly. Uh, but in an organization like this with a really deep, rich history, um, I'm considered a newbie. <laughs> right. There are people who have been here a very, 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 very long time, and people love to talk about the history. And, and my view on the history is you need to understand the history and respect it and let it inform you in terms of going forward. Sometimes you hear too much history and you hear 
baggage and you hear, oh, we tried that, we couldn't do that because so-and-so pushed back. And I'm like, you know what, it's a new day. Help me understand what that issue is, what you tried, what happened, and now we're going to figure out how we move forward with it. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.